to this passage now and to sort of immerse ourselves into this passage. I know that some people don't like to do this, but I'd love to take a moment just to turn to someone near us and just to share. What is one thing in your life that brings you joy? And when was the last time that you felt it? When was the last time that you felt like even truly overwhelmed with joy? And then lastly, what did that make you do? Even if you just pick one, when was the last time you felt joy? What did it make you do? Go. I mean, that shouldn't take a long time. I, you know, I'd best be overwhelmed with joy right now. If one or two of you wanted to share with us all, what brings you joy? We had a quick chat down here, and both Julia and I agreed that when we laugh so much that it makes us cry, it's such an awesome feeling to, to just be so filled with joy. You're laughing, and you, and you start to cry out of control. Anyone else got something that, that brings them joy they want to share, call out? Come on. Yep, Asinaka. Call it out. That is a good answer. Awesome. Extra joy. Even, even, even more than your normal joy. Extra joy. Overflowing joy. That's awesome. That brings me joy to hear. Yeah, someone else? One more. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Did I, did I see another? So when we're reading the Word of God, when we're reading the Bible, and God sort of just shines a light on something that maybe it hits home or, or the penny drops in a new way, you think, wow, it brings me, brings me joy as well. That's really cool. Yeah. So why are we talking um, about what brings us joy? Why are we talking about what brings us joy? We're talking about what brings us joy because it is joy that is flowing all through this passage that we've just heard read to us before. Okay? And yet, as we've come together to both think about and to rejoice in our Saviour's coming into the world today, then is it any surprise to you that it is joy that we would see um, and, and that it is joy that we should feel, as we've just heard um, here described as well? Well, it's no surprise to me. Um, but for us to really come to terms with and to, to understand why this theme of joy uh, applies here, that, then I reckon it would help for us to look just a, a little bit wider than in these few verses, few short verses that we've just heard today. So the question that I want to put to you today is this. It is, so why does this news about Jesus bring Mary and Elizabeth and even her son John who's in her womb, still in her womb. Why does this news bring them so much joy? Okay? And, and why should it bring us so much joy here today? So what we're going to do is we're going to now wind back the clock to just a few moments before this joyful visit that we've just heard about now to where, and as many of us will remember, Mary had just been visited by an incredible angel of the Lord. Okay? Do you remember? And yet, as amazing as that must have been, that moment when she's been visited by the angel, is that the reason for Mary's joy? 
is very joyful because she's seen an angel. Well, I don't think so. I think, if anything, we're told that she was more afraid, and I would probably feel that way as well. And so, so instead, I think the real reason for Mary's joy is what this angel says. It's what this angel says, and that's what I want to briefly look at with you now. So I wonder if anyone can remember, who here can remember and can even maybe tell us what exactly did this angel say? Even just the very first words that this angel said. If you're feeling brave, feel free to stand up and, and in your most angelic voice, call it out to us all now. Lucy, you've got something? Don't be afraid. Yes. Don't be afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. First, the angel said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And then he said, do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid. That's right. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, the angel says. And his kingdom will never end. Yes! And so Mary has been told by an angel of the Lord that she is so favored by God that she's going to give birth to God's son. Mary is going to give birth to God's son. And yet it would also somehow be God himself. Now, to be honest, I'm not sure if Mary or Elizabeth really understood that this was so, that, that, that yes, God's son, but that God's son would also be God's self. But what, I, but what they did understand, I'm quite sure, and what absolutely brought them so much joy is, is, is what exactly this angel said that the son would be. And so, so who would this son be and what would this son do? Let's just take a little bit closer look at these words. So what's the first thing that Mary was told by the angel about her son? What's the first thing that Mary's told by the angel about her son? Straight away, what we're told, right, is, that the, is what the name of her son would be. So what was the name of Mary's son? Jesus. The name of Mary's son was to be Jesus. That's right, Jesus. So I have a name. I have a name. My name is Andrew, not Brother Andrew, um, Josh. My name is Andrew, but I also have a name in Māori, and, and, I, and I know how to say my name in French, okay? In Māori, Anaru. In French, I think it's like André, or um, maybe Andreas in another language. André, I'm getting nods. We're, we're right. That's good. Um, but what language do you, think, um, do you think we are using when we say Jesus? What language are we saying? Cameron, pardon me? English. We're using English. Yep, that's, that's good. Do anyone know that we use it? Yes, we're using English. It's in our English. Yeah, it's in English Bibles. Al? Greek. The original name, Jesus, is Greek. 
That's right. But if we say Jesus' name in the original language of the Jews, which is Hebrew, of course, then what do we get? We get Joshua. Now, we've got a Joshua here today, I think. I'm looking around for Joshua. There you are, Joshua. 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 Uh, or, or probably a little bit more closer to it, we get Yehoshua. Um, Yehoshua. So we've got, it. we've got a Joshua here today. Joshua, I wonder if you know what, what your name means. Are you nodding? Was that a nodding? Yeah, do you know what your name means? Your name means, the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my salvation. So as we come to think about Mary, then I want to know, what would Mary think about the fact that an angel of the Lord has come to her and has told her to give her son the name, a name like this? What would Mary think that the angel would come to her and tell her to not just any name that you want, but to give him this. So here's just a, two quick things for us to know, which is that first, the name of the meaning of this name is the Lord is my salvation. But the second thing for us to know, and Mary and any other Jew at this time would have known this too, is that whenever they heard a name like this, they would have immediately thought of a man. Who'd, who'd, who'd come before with the very same name, who'd once led their nation as they'd walked across that river, the Jordan River, and, and then into the promised land. The Jordan River was the thing that had kept them away from the, the promised land. It was the last bridge for them to cross. So Joshua had led this nation into the promised land. So how do you think that Mary would have felt? When she was told that the son who she would bear would be just like this. The Lord is my salvation. And that he would be like this Joshua. Named after him who had come before. That's the first thing. The second thing the angel says is that her son would be great. And that he would be called the son of the most high. Then goes on to say that the Lord would give him the throne of his father, David, and that he would reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. Now, that's a lot for um, a young girl like Mary to take in. Um, And for us as Christians today, I think it's quite hard for us to get into Mary's mind and to understand. Now, what would she have thought? What would she have thought that this all meant? But can I tell you that for sure? I think the one thing, the the key thing that she definitely would have thought is that this child was to somehow be or become, or at least in a very big part, be the fulfillment of, of the biggest longings that this nation had had, that her people had had. That, that this son would somehow be the fulfillment of all this, these people's dreams. The promises that God himself had given to them in their past. And, and to their most famous and greatest king, who was, of course, David. So, so David, Mary um, gets, gets a hyperlink. She's thinking, David. 
And if, if you want to look this up, you can, you can go to 2 Samuel chapter 7. But for the sake of time, just a very quick summary of, of the types of things, I think, that would have been going through Mary's mind. God sends a promise. God, bring, God gives a promise to King David once upon a time. And the promise that is given to King David is this. Do you, do you, and do you hear the echoes in Mary's song? It is that David's name would be great. That one day David's name would be great. Then it is that there would be no more enemies in the land where King David was the king. And then three, what happens is that the Lord goes on to say that when David's days are done, when David is gone and when he has died, says that God himself would raise up a son from the line of David who would then continue to rule like this and with peace in a reign that would never end. A reign that would never end. Okay, So, so this is all the background. This is a lot of stuff to take in. But it's all the background in Mary's mind as the angel brings this news. For hundreds of years, Mary's, Mary's people had, had been looking for this king, for, for a king who would come like this. And, and for years, it had seemed like the opposite of what had been promised was in fact, had, had in fact come true instead. All of these things were, were, were written in the history and, and in the hopes of these people, and yet now it seemed that it was that the opposite had in fact come true. Now, if you want to make all the connections that would have been buzzing in Mary's mind, and her mind is buzzing, I think, then you'd have to go all the way back to the start of of the Bible and to open up your Bible to places like Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham, and to other places too. But just for a taste, can we just have a brief look at one more passage, which is Genesis chapter 28. So we've all heard of Jacob, right? We've got another another child in, in this in this room whose name is who's mentioned here, Jacob. We've all heard of Jacob. So Jacob was this guy who was mentioned by the angel, of course, who gave the message to Mary about her son. And so in this scene, which is pictured here on the screen, Jacob, who lived a long time before Mary, and a long time before David too. Jacob was asleep. Jacob here was asleep. And what's happening is that right in the middle of his, of his, of his sleep, he's, he's having this really amazing dream. He's having a really amazing dream. Now, have you ever had a dream like this when God speaks? Have you ever had a dream where God has, has sort of come to you and, and spoken to you in your dream? Well, this is what happened to Jacob here. So I just want to quickly read to you what, he, what God says. So in, God's, in Jacob's dream, the Lord says this. He says, Jacob, I am the Lord. I am the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. And I will give you and your descendants the land on which you sleep. Then on top of that, he says, Jacob's descendants would one day become as numerous and as many as even the dust of the earth, that they will spread all across the globe as a way of, of bringing blessing to all of the peoples of the earth. 
And then finally it closes in Jacob's dream where God says that he himself would be with him and would watch over them wherever they would go until all that God said had come true. Now that's like on fast forward and I know that, that, that many of your minds will be reeling and struggling to, to keep up because that's how I feel myself. It's a lot for us to take in. But just now think about how it would have been for Mary, who's just been told all of these things. She's just been told by the angel that all of these things were about to come true through her son. The son who she was now miraculously about to conceive. All of these links that are going on in Mary's mind as she's thinking about what this angel had said. So how do you feel when something great has been promised to you? And then it finally comes true. When, you've, when it feels like you've waited for such a long time. How do you feel when you've been waiting for what seems like forever and then it finally does come true? Can you think, can you think of something? Maybe something big or, or even something small that you've looked forward to like this yourself. And how did it feel when it happened? When it came true? For some of you, I don't know, some of your kids, it might have been getting a new pet, um, winning a competition or, or a race that you've been training for at school. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's just getting to the end of another exhausting year, and now it's finally time to take a break. The promise that we've been waiting for all throughout the year, and now it's finally come to bear. We can finally take a break. Well, maybe it's, it's any of those things or maybe it's something else. But how, what, do you, what do you do? How do you feel and what do you do when you feel this joy? Is it special kind of, kind of dance? Is it, is it sort of a yes type of thing? Is it, is it the tears of laughter and, and of joy, as, as I shared about before? Or is it something else? For Mary, for Mary... Who here remembers how she responds when she's overwhelmed with joy herself? I know you remember. Because what Mary does is she sings a song. Mary sings a song when she's overwhelmed with joy. And of course, wouldn't you love to hear her sing this song in tune? Wouldn't you love to, to hear her sing this song to us in tune and to hear that song today. Maybe one day we'll get the chance. But for now, this is, this is about as good as it's going to get, I'm afraid. Um, I'm not going to sing it, by the way. Even though I've, um, yeah. Well, we could actually, no. Um, so Mary sings, doesn't she? Mary sings. And, and she sings with the greatest joy because she's had this glimpse and she's been told that her own son, Jesus, would fulfill all that God had promised to Mary's people um, long, long before. And so as we read through these words of the song in a moment, just one more time, I, I, I just want to pray that we will be able to see just, just how in his life he did, how Jesus did fulfill um, these words in, in the ways that he acted, in the ways that he spoke, 
and, and in the ways that he behaved towards other people um, who were around him at that time. And then I want to pray that we will see how in the context of our world today, of our lives today, how we have been also called and empowered by his Holy Spirit to continue to live out the fulfillment of these words in our lives ourselves until he finally returns and he makes it complete and he makes it all complete. So what I want to ask you then is what is your greatest joy? What is your greatest joy? And what is our greatest joy here as a church? What is the thing that brings you the most joy? Wonderfully encouraging, just a rhetorical question for now, Asinaka. Wonderful to hear that when you walk into this place that you feel joy. And it's, and it's wonderful to hear that, that when we open up God's word that we feel joy. And that we, when we sing songs of praise that, that we feel joy. But, but Mary's joy is more than that as well. And so is, is our greatest joy this Christmas? And, and will it be? In the year that is to come, will it be to receive and to, and to, and to gain more and more things and, and presents for ourselves as, you know, so much of this time is about? Um, or will it be to see and to be a part of all the things that has inspired Mary to, to sing this song? To feel so much joy and to sing this song. And what is the source of Mary's joy? It's the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is helping her to see that those like her, through her son, those like her who knew and who know today what it means to be hungry, homeless, spiritually hungry and physically hungry too, and homeless, hopeless and poor, those people who are made to feel small, in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of the rich, and the powerful and the rich. Mary is seeing in her song that these are the ones who would be truly lifted up by her son. These are the ones, Mary sees, who would be included in the incredibly good news of God's plan. That even now is still in the process of being fulfilled through the people who God calls for the people who will share in God's joy. And so as we wait and hope for this good news to be finally fulfilled, finally and fully fulfilled, when Jesus, our King, returns, um, let us pray that we would, we would share his joy, his passion and his joy, as we just hear these words once again now. And then I'd love to close in prayer. So Mary's song goes like this. And with all of those things and ideas in our minds, Mary sings like this. She sings, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, she says, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And he's performed mighty deeds with his arm, scattering those who are proud. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble.
Mary would have felt this herself. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he has promised. And Mary knows and sees that in her son that this is coming true. And so with that, I'd like us to close in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that the words of the song are all about you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that the words of this song are all about you. As Mary expresses your heart in hers, as it's filled and overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit who is here with us today, Lord. And so we pray, dear Lord God, that we would share your greatest hopes and dreams, your greatest joys and passions for this world and in our lives as well. That people would come into a saving knowledge and experience of a true and restored relationship with you. And as that happens, Lord, we know that wherever your people go, who have been called by your name, that your that wonderful and joyful things will take place. Lord, we know that wonderful and joyful things will take place. Lord, please renew this in our time and in ourselves so that our greatest joy would be you. And that it would be to see that all that brings you joy would be fulfilled among us at this time as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've got a beautiful song that we're going to listen to as we close, which is going to be played and sung by the Cuthbertsons. And I love this song, so thank you. As, um, as, you, as, you, as they sing this, just, just listen to these words and let this be our prayer.
Jesus, we go out from here today. Some of us um, won't be with us tomorrow, Lord, but um, let, us, let us feel and know your joy, Lord. Let us, in the midst of the, the pain and suffering of the world and that is around us, Lord, let us know your joy as, as you look towards the day, as we look towards the day when you will fully set up your reign and your rule among us, Lord, in, this, in, in the future world, Lord, that you have planned. Let it be fulfilled among us, Lord, as well in part, God, as you work among us by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.